Welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bieland and I'm joined by Willow McIntosh and we're live in the sensitive empowerment community. So welcome everybody. Hey, Willow. Hey, Julie. Great to be here. Yay. So great to be here together. We were just having so much fun chatting before we started recording. I just love that part. Um, so today, Willow, would you like to introduce our other title and our topic and tell us a little bit about why you picked it? And I know that a lot of people are excited about this subject. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So the, the title for the episode today is The Gift and the Curse of Decision-Making as HSPs. And it occurred to me the other day as I was in the middle of my own decision-making process and realized that it was something that I have created and morphed over the years that, uh, to utilize my HSP ability when I make decisions and remembered just how challenging it has been over the years to face the area of decision making and how much of a pickle I get myself into sometimes and actually that there are some really effective ways of utilizing our abilities in this area. So I'm really excited to to dive into this today and, and hear from you guys in the chat. It's always wonderful if you want to ask us questions, you can type in the word question there and it helps us to identify a question if you if you'd like it's, it's wonderful to have your input and and so yes I'm, I'm really excited to talk about what it means for us and um, the fact that we process so deeply and how sometimes we can experience this paralysis when it comes to decision making and that it just doesn't need to be that way yeah, this is such a big one. I know we take in so much information, so much data coming through. I, I Many of you have heard me talk about, I like to think of it like tubes of information. So somebody without this trait, like we call non-HSPs, might take in like three tubes of information, but an HSP can take in like a hundred tubes of information. And we're needing to process all that information and data. And that's why when we're making decisions, there's so much to process and think about. And of course, then you add into the fact that we want to get things done right. We're very conscientious um, and, you know, sort of we're either perfectionists or recovering perfectionists. So then we're, you know, we're, we're always worried, are we going to get the decision right? And then it becomes this really overwhelming process. So I think it's so fantastic to have a whole episode about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, that, that, that you, you framed it so well there. It is our ability to receive so many data points, you know, like if we're trying to make a decision about something, we want to be able to process and think about all the varying different pieces that are going to contribute to that decision. And then there is the fear of what happens if we if we get that wrong. And when do we really stop processing and take a leap of faith and make the decision? And just how it can separate us from our knowing and you know that our our sense of, of truth as, as HSPs, which I think is a really powerful part of who we are. Yeah, definitely. I know for myself, I really learned how to. Um, well, this I think another factor to think about is the fact that we are so intuitive that yeah. we can use that intuition in our decision making. And I, I learned over time that my body would give me information about what felt right, what didn't feel right. And 
oftentimes think about like let and we've got lots of people on video right now so a show of hands if <laughs> you have had this experience where you your body really told you something but you ignored it right <laughs> we're all like raising our hands and we ignore it for you know what kind of reasons do we ignore these things that you know whether we're trying to fit in the box that society is putting us in that we're not we're not fitting in we're trying to please someone we're trying to um not disappoint someone whatever it is we often go against that feeling or or sometimes we we miss the feeling because we are we aren't slowing down enough to actually listen and and understand what those feelings are telling us yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more yes yes i think it's that this is a, a, a another wonderful opportunity to trust our abilities as hsps and our intuition being one of the our greatest assets how we are so good at reading other people reading situations and that sense that we get that something is there, something isn't there, something's being said, something isn't being said, and that can absolutely be used in this context. So when we're, we're, we're thinking about something that's important, whether it's a minor decision or whether it's a big decision, reading the feelings and sensations in our bodies, I think, is a huge way to help us here. I really think it, it, helps, it helps tremendously. And, yeah. and I'm really... Yeah, go on. What are you going to say? No, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I keep going. <laughs> yes, I, I, it's, there's, there's a piece that I'm, I'm really interested in exploring, which is around this experience that some of us have, I know, as, as, as HSPs, around this feeling of, of expansion and contraction. Do, do you experience that sensation when you're thinking about something, Julie? Oh, my you, goodness, yes. It's really interesting that you're talking about that because that is how I experience it. I'll, I'll feel if something is feels right, uh, it's it's an openness. And if if something is feeling icky, not right, it's going against something that, you know, my values or whatever it is, then it's this really constricted, really icky feeling. Yes, that's exactly what I experienced, too. Absolutely. And, and I've realized for myself that I can actually call upon that sensation when I'm making a decision. I can ask myself a question and my body responds as a contraction or, 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 or a retraction, which actually helps me to discern whether something is aligned with me or whether something is not aligned with me. It's a really interesting area, and I think it's something for each of us to dive into and explore in terms of how we can align decisions with what feels most true to us. So, for instance, as you described there, that, that sensation of expansion and whether something is, is, is matching our values or not, there's, that, there's, a, there's a nice feeling when it is, and there's, a, there's an icky feeling when, the, when it isn't. And that's, I have found to be a tremendous resource when I'm making decisions because I can, I can, I can utilize that to, as a guidance system. Yes. I think I like the words that you just use a guidance system. That's really helpful to understand. We actually do have a guidance system inside of us. And if we're really in a chaotic experience in life, we haven't been doing our HSP type self-care. We're too busy, too on the go. Uh, we might not even realize that we do have that guidance system. And I think that's why it's so important for us to slow down. I just posted something in the community yesterday about, um, 
you know, the sense for an, an, like a nature reset day, like if you're on the go and you have not slowed down and you're feeling total chaos and you have decisions to make, go into nature. Like that is where you're going to connect to yourself. That's where you're going to connect to the answers of what feels right. We got a lot of people in the chat saying that they agreed everything you've been saying to Willow and Tiffany made a good point too. Yeah. We often, um, don't want to inconvenience others too. So even if we're aware of what decision we might want to make, I remember when I first started my work, um, my personal growth work, I was one of those people who it just seemed easier to do what, uh, like I would know what the person wanted. So I would just do what they wanted. I wouldn't think about what I wanted. (laughs) It was just automatic, right? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's do you do you if I understand correctly, do you mean that you're able to intuit what other people around you need and that you're going with those needs? Yeah, I I would know what they need. So I'll just think about okay, that's what they need, that's what we'll do. I didn't even think about what I needed. And and I know that's quite common with a lot of us. Um, and it actually took me a lot of practice uh, to not only determine what I needed to, but be able to actually express it and advocate for it. And especially if it was different than what somebody else needed. <laughs> and that took right. a lot of work, but it, it also, I used to love working with clients over this because it was like, they would always come back when we would, we would, we would have them practice something and they'd come back and go, Oh my gosh, that was so empowering to actually say what I needed. Like it was really empowering. That's amazing. My goodness me. I completely understand and I can totally relate to that. I'm sure that I do exactly the same thing when I, when I think about it. It makes so much sense. And, and I think there's, 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 there's a wonderful piece that, that you mentioned about going into nature and the importance of when we're, when we're really fizzing in our heads and everything's overwhelming. And when we go into, into nature, that stillness and that place of calm that we experience, it, it's a very powerful part of who we are, especially when it comes to, to decision-making. And interestingly, I think when, when we think about being in groups, this is actually an ability that I think we have in the workplace as well, which is very useful, is that we can utilize that ability to help read the bigger picture of what's happening in the workplace or perhaps within groups of people and help to guide and lead towards an area that is for the mutual benefit of everyone by utilizing this ability to read the bigger picture. And I think we can do that personally within ourselves. And I think we can do that within, within groups of people. And I think it all boils down to this ability that we have to be able to sense, to be able to access a, a higher sense, if you like, or perhaps a deeper sense that is linked with intuition. Yes. Oh, I love that, Willow. This is such a fun thing to talk about. Cara saying, I'm really learning to listen to my gut first for decisions. Just discovered I'm an HSP a few months ago. Yay. I'm glad that you welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. It's a beautiful one. I love it. We have a question from Kristen. Can you distinguish between choices and decisions? To me, choices feel more minor, like deciding what to eat or where versus a decision, which can have a greater impact on our lives, like where to move or a job to take. Does this bodily feeling apply to both? Great question. What do you think, Willow? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I Yes, I think the bodily ability applies to simple choices just as much as it applies to um, bigger life decisions. When it comes to bigger decisions, I feel that one of the greatest advantages that we can give ourselves is, is supporting the decision that we make. So what I mean by that is if we are, let's say we're thinking of um, doing a, a course um, at a university or a, a college where we want to learn a new skill and we're thinking, you know, do I really need this? Is it going to benefit me? Is it going to help my career, my business in whatever way? If we tune in at the deepest level and we really be honest about our truth around this, what is it that I'm really feeling about this? And we're tuning in with that part of ourselves that resides at the deeper level, not just bumping around in our heads. When that decision is like a yes, I can feel that it's something that I need to do. It's resonating. I can see where it's going to take me. It's something that's really important to me. Supporting that decision for us, I feel, is then really important because sometimes what can happen is we, is we go and sign up and we start to um, attend the classes and a couple of weeks in we're like, oh, I don't know now. I think maybe I should have gone for that or like, actually, I don't know, you know. When I, I, that, the opportunity there is to remember the underlying sense of knowing that we have that this is right for us, and then doing what we can to support that decision. You know what I mean? To 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 make sure that we're committing to it and seeing it through, no matter how challenging challenging it gets. Which boils down to trusting our initial intuition that yes, we need to do that. Yeah, you know, something that's come up a lot in the community people have talked about is how do you tell the difference between um, that something's not right to you for you versus you have fear about it? Very good. Go on. Yes. How do you discern between those? Yeah, so I would love to hear what you have to say about that, Willow. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So so that's a really, really good question. When, when I tune into that, there are two different sensations. So if I, if I, uh, if I am experiencing fear around, if I'm, if I'm thinking about something that I need to do and there's that sense of anxiety, that is a feeling that is, is usually on top of an underlying knowing that it's something that I need to do. So I hope, I hope I'm answering the question, answering the right question here. So if, if, if you know what I mean, so, so the difference between fear and, and knowing that it's something that I need to do all comes down to a, a, a self-exploration of my sensations. So it's tuning into the underlying knowing that this is something that is going to serve me, it's going to benefit me, and yes, it's going to be scary, So in other words, by zooming out and seeing the bigger picture of me and what I'm up to, what I stand for, what my vision for is in the world, what I really, really want to support myself to do, I know that that's something that I have to follow. And yet around that sometimes is a a huge amount of anxiety and fear and thinking, yes, but if I do that, I might die. So so it's it's a matter of, I say that, you know, jokingly, but sometimes that is the fear that we have. So, so it's about being very honest about the knowing that we have that's aligned with our inner truth and the fear that, that hoods that or overarches that and discerning between those sensations. 
Yeah, I like the, that you're using the words tune in. So you really are intentionally tuning in. And I think that's something that is really, you know, incredibly special about this trait. We have more activation in the insula part of the brain where we have an incredible level of awareness. It's higher level awareness of consciousness. And we can tune in and get to know those feelings. Like if you've never done it before, it can take a little time to get to know, like, what does that sensation mean? And what does that sensation mean? And I like to really explore fear in a similar way that I explore anger. Like, yeah. I like to think about it. Um, you know, it's like, I really like to dive into it and understand it on a cognitive level too. Like, where is that fear coming from? And, but in a loving way, not in a judgmental way. And I had to learn how to do that too, as I explored myself. And when I'm making decisions, it's like, do I not want to do this because I'm scared or because I really don't want to do it? And, and understanding those differences are really helpful. So I have to go into that path for a while and go, let me just explore what would be that fear? What is that telling me understanding it on a cognitive level too? Then it can help me come back and make that final decision also. And, and something I really love to, um, I mean, I remember it was such a profound moment for me. Like this is probably in my twenties. I was working with a therapist and she said something to me that was so simple. It was something that you could just simply say, um, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and it was like, what? I don't have to answer on the spot. <laughs> you know, it's like when somebody's asking me a question, I don't have to answer on the spot. It was like this, you know, it seems crazy when I look at it now, but that was a huge moment for me to realize like, no, we don't have to answer right now. And in fact, we shouldn't because we are processing all those hundreds cups of data that takes time. And we need to go through that data before we give a final decision. And so that can be the case for anything that's even at work, anything. And think about the fact that a lot of people do that. It's not a problem. It's well accepted to be able to say, I'm going to think about that and get back to you. And it gives yeah. you a chance to go through this process to do that tuning in that you're talking about and really get some clarity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I think this this is one of the one of our amazing abilities is that we are able to quite literally dive into the inner landscape of who we are. You know, to be able to really explore what is it that's making me sad, angry, fearful right now. To be able to separate the layers you know what is the initial concern what's underneath that what's this going to mean for me and and to be able and, and tuning in in that sense to be able to actually map out what's the difference between just a reactive sensation and actually the underlying meaning or truth of what I'm trying to achieve here or what I'm trying to read about myself because I, I feel that within all of us, and it, it's, one of, it's, it's a really challenging area for us, I think, as HSPs, is because we do habitually get lost in our heads, which I think is a lot to do with the fact that we're processing it at, at a deep level. But also I think it's connected with our habit of self-rejection because of the misinterpretation of the trait in, uh, in, the, in the early stages of development. And sometimes the effect of that can be a mistrust within our own sense of self and our sense of knowing. And so I think we can detach a little bit from our bodies and detach because sometimes it's painful or we haven't learned how to trust it. 
But actually, when we switch our awareness and engage and go in and, and tune in, send our conscious awareness into our bodies, there really is a whole world in there of feeling and experience, which we can learn to discern, learn to read our intuition, and fundamentally feel what matters most to us in terms of our values and, and the truth of who we are. Yes, I, I really like that. I like that you're distinguishing too between reaction too. And, you know, anybody that is out there listening to this episode, I, I, if you haven't worked with a therapist, I really recommend it. I mean, for HSPs, a therapist, a healer, coach, things like that can be incredibly supportive. We have a HSP practitioners directory uh, on my website that lists HSP practitioners, which is super exciting because I like to connect you guys. And it really helps to have somebody guide you too. Like if you have, if you're at the beginning of this and you, and you need some support to, uh, I used to think of it like um, kind of going down inside together uh, and, and having a guide with you to help you process some of that stuff and help you ask, they ask you the right questions and are supportive to your experiences. And it is so life-changing to do that. So if you haven't done that in your life, I really recommend it. Um, and uh, Alicia has a question, Willow, um, about discerning, discerning between our knowledge, our knowing wants, needs versus human wants, needs. Any suggestions? That's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. See, uh, to, to, uh, to, to know the difference between those two parts of ourselves, to even know that there is a difference between those two parts of ourselves indicates a higher level of awareness, which we, which we have as an, as an innate ability. And I think, again, it boils down to the, the energy of the sensation. Energy is a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a word that, can, that means lots of different things to, to um, you know, it, it, there's many different interpretations of energy. But I think as HSPs, we really have an, we have an ability to be able to tune into the energetic nature of things, the energetic nature of ourselves, the energetic nature of the world around us. And I think there is a fundamental difference between the energetic sensation of a knowing sense and just a human sense. I think in my experience, there is a difference between those two feelings. And it's about attesting that and taking a leap of faith and trusting and trying to, uh, and trying it out in terms of following those different sensations and seeing where it leads you, seeing what that experience ends up as. What, what's, your, what's your take on that, Jeannie? I always love the feeling of um, how I kind of think about when I'm trying to figure something out is like this, this imagination that I'm like, I'm imagining that I have these different paths in front of me. And I stand in front of each path individually. And I think about how does this path make me feel? Like I just really give myself a chance to get, to get a feeling for that. There's no judgment. It's a curiosity. It's a exploration and it's an open exploration so that I'm open to receiving whatever information I get from each one of those paths. So then I'll stand in front of the next path and think, what kind of information is this path giving me? What's it making me feel like? What's, bring, what's it bringing up for me? And, and sometimes the answers are immediate. And sometimes I have to sit with it for a little while. And 
um, give myself that space to really explore all of those feelings. And it, it definitely has taken time to get to know. I feel like the more we do it, the more you do that alone time and you're taking that time in nature every day and you're slowing down that, you know, your sensitive nervous system, balancing that, doing that kind of self-care that we talk about on so many of these episodes, the more you do that, the more you get to know yourself. It's kind of like getting to know anybody. It's like, it takes time to get to know who, you know, how we experience the world, how we're impacted, what, what is making us feel a certain way and being able to kind of dissect that and understand it. Yeah. See, I think that's really crucial to this process, which, which actually lines up really nicely with the, the feeling of expansion when something aligns with our values. So, you know, like as you, as you're saying, like standing in front of a path of, of a particular option or a particular outcome, it's like, how does that actually feel for me? And I think fundamentally at the core of all of us, there is joy, there is love and joy. And I think when a decision feels good to us, when there is that sense of expansion and we, we feel that connection to a decision, there's, there's a reason for that. There's, there's meaning in that for us. It means that there's something more than just the data itself. And I think, and, and that, that is definitely the basis to my decision-making process is, is how does that feel at the deepest level within me? Is there, is there a resonance with that? And if there is, then I, I, I feel in my heart that there's something there for me. There's something there for me that I don't necessarily know consciously right now or at a cognitive level, but I can feel there is an important, there's something important there. And, and that's what guides me. And that, that's when I take the leap of faith think, okay, I need to know what's there. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good things to say about this. One other piece I want to make sure I mention is something that I work that I think is so important for HSPs is that we have to practice taking everybody else out of the bucket. <laughs> yes. Because it is such a default setting is that everybody and everybody's needs and wants are in that bucket with us. And it is difficult to decipher what's theirs, what's ours, right? And really get into the practice of take everybody else out. And this does take practice if you haven't done it yet. And you're going to think about their needs later. It's not that you're not going to ever think about other people's needs, but you first need to understand what are your core needs without thinking about and filtering through everybody else's. So that's how I kind of think of it as like, let me take everybody else out of the bucket and think about what is it that I would want if I knew that I wasn't going to affect anybody and everybody would be happy about my decision. <laughs> so this is my way of doing it. And I just want to think about what I want about something. And I just... I really, it gives me a chance to get clarity first. It's like, okay, this is what I would choose to do if I knew it would make everybody else happy. I'm clear about that. Then I can go into the next step of, okay, now I need to deal with the feelings that this might disappoint somebody if I make this decision. And I do want to process that a little bit so that when I get to my final decision, I feel really empowered in making that decision that I've gone through those processes, which is why we need the time to be able to do that. Um, and I thought, I think that's so, um, I think that's such an important aspect of decision-making, but you cannot know what you truly want unless everybody else is out of that bucket first. Wow. That is absolutely essential. Absolutely right. Because everyone else's, the analogy of the bucket is so good because everyone else's opinions, thoughts, expectations is noise for us in our processing 
process, you know? So if we're thinking about, is this right for me? Is this something that I should do? If we're also processing, okay, well, what does that person think? What does that person think? It's almost, it's almost like they're standing in front of us making noise, quite literally, where they, they're telling us their needs. And that makes it really hard to, to hear ourselves, yeah. quite literally because of the static, or you know, because of that extra, extra energy that's happening around us. So I think that is really important, is to, is to remove everyone else, not, you know, not literally, but to, to, to remove everyone else's input or influence on our decision and just hold what's real for us. And, and maybe other people can then be involved in that decision. And yes, it helps for us to merge our decision process with other people. But I think unless we're very clear on what we actually want and need, it's going to make the coming decision or where we end up complicated because we're not quite sure why we've got to where we are. Yes, it, that has to be the foundation to, to really under when we're about to make decisions or we're compromising with someone is to be very clear. And, and I'm going to repeat this again for those of you who may have already heard me say this, but I think it's so worth repeating that compromise, you know, that's a part of decision making too. If, if you've got more than, say, you and a partner, you and a friend, you and somebody at work, whatever it is, need to make a decision. You need to both state what you want clearly on each end of that. And then that's when you meet in the middle. But most HSPs begin in the middle or they begin way over to the point where they already know what that person wants. So that's where I'm starting. And that causes a lot of problems in the long run. It causes if you keep on doing that in your life over and over again, it will create resentment. I used to work with lots of couples and it was so fascinating to me that the people that had the most resentment were the HSPs <laughs> because they were the ones that, you know, it starts from a place of loving kindness and giving and the beautiful nature that we are, but doing that over and over again for your, for your life causes problems. And a lot of times the other person doesn't know that's what you did. Doesn't know you started way over there. You need to start very clearly on each side and then meet in the middle so that you're starting with your actual optimal need um, without compromising first. Um, so that's a great way to really get clear about <laughs> you're, you're laughing, Willow. I, no, I just love it. I just think it's, it's, it's yeah, I, I just think this is, again, this is just so important to be aware of this. Because well, when we're out of touch with our needs, that not only does that cause problems in, in relationships, that starts causing problems with our health, with our happiness. It can, it's one of the root causes of depression. You know, if we're not being honest about what we really want, it, we end up in, in, in a very difficult situation. And, and I love this example of, of relationships because there, there's a wonderful um, foundation to the success of relationships is, is the person that I'm in relationship with aware of my best interests and has my best interests at heart, just as much as they have their best interests at heart and vice versa. So if, if, if we relay that to our own decision-making process, we are responsible for our own best interests. And the only way that we're going to be able to access that is through being very honest about how we feel and what we really need. So we have to address that first in whatever way that is, recognizing that we have the ability to tune in to this level. We have the ability to really explore how we're feeling, what matters most to us, 
And ultimately what we're going to feel most joyful about, what's most connected for us. So starting there has got to be the first port of call and then addressing everyone else's needs. Yes, there's going to be compromises, of course, but that fundamental starting place has got to be with us. Yes, beautiful. Caroline asks, is there a distinction between a gut feeling and intuition or are they the same thing? Go on, Julie. What do you, how would you answer that? I kind of feel like they're the same thing um, because there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of information in our gut actually um, that is um, intuitive and uh, that I consider them the same thing. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just want to say that, that they, you know, they know now that the gut has a whole load of neurons in it, just in the same way that our brain does. That there's an intelligence in there, right? So having a gut feeling makes a lot of sense. There's a, there's a lot of communication along the vagus nerve between the brain and the gut now that, that we know about. Um, so I think our guts are able to read information um, quite literally as well as our brains do. And, and I think that link with the link with intuition is, is it's, that se- it's that sensation of knowing that I think that's different to us just figuring out something with our heads. But I, th- I think it's very, the, the two are very linked. I'd agree with that. Gut and, I, I think and it shit. starts too in the gut. It starts in the feelings uh, more before cognitive awareness. And as HSPs being able to have that higher level of awareness for all of our body sensations, that's something that we can use too for our benefit. Because when you feel that, you know, even if you start small with, wow, I feel something. Like I feel my gut is telling me something. My intuition is telling me something. What is that? Even just asking yourself, that question allowing yourself to pause and really give yourself a sense to take time to kind of um roll that out a little bit and understand it uh it's really helpful Um, yeah actually i I just want to add to that because i think this is this is actually really important i I think what you're what you're saying there is when we when we're able to call upon these different resources within us that give us the bigger picture that is a part of the hsp ability that we're able to call upon various different abilities to process information that help us to make a decision so we're calling on the gut what's our head saying what's our heart saying what's the you know what's this intuitive sense i think that is a higher sense that we're that we're calling upon and intuition could even go to a soul level some may say that then gives us a whole nother range of abilities so i think it i think there is a difference between gut and intuition i think it's a it's the ability that we have to read the bigger picture Okay, so another question came in. Do you have tips on navigating making big decisions with others, partners, etc.? Um, I'm not sure if that came in before we talked about the compromises thing, but I, I definitely would say that you need to first be, like we were saying, first be clear about what you would really want if you thought that everybody would be happy about it. <laughs> so you're not getting confused about other people's opinions and, and um, needs and getting clear what your needs are first. And then working towards, um, and there's a great, in, in the community we have, a, I did a, a talk about a communication, uh, effective communication strategies for HSPs. So that's a great thing to look up to that is really helpful for um, communicating your needs with another person. Okay. Oh, you actually said you already answered my question. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up with some of this stuff in the chat now. Um, wonderful. 
Yeah, so. Yeah. Great questions here. Yeah. If, if you add the word question, it really helps for us to be able to find them um, within the chat. Um, uh, yeah, so related yeah, to the spectrum. Um, saying, do you find consider, considering that a relationship requires negotiation helps? Definitely. <laughs> I think relationships are all about compromise. Would you, is that how you understand that, Julie? I think that's what you mean, Maury. Yes, he's shaking his head. Yeah, so um, I think that one of the, it's so fascinating, the Gottman, if, if anybody's really interested in learning more about this, the Gottmans um, did something like 30 years of researching couples. And in fact, they did about 12 years of including gay and lesbian couples too, which is really fascinating. And they found that we could learn a lot from gay and lesbian couples because um, there was less, uh, there was more of um, discussions. There wasn't this immediate, like, this is your role, this is my role. There was, a dis there was more about discussions about roles and communication about that. They also found that they tended to be kinder to each other, which I thought that was really interesting in their research that showed up. Mm. Um, but they have some really fun, I mean, their, um, their research is incredible. And they, that's where I base that uh, communication strategies where you're really, it really comes to the fact that you're, um, you're, you're doing, you have like a speaker listener. So there's like a person that's speaking and then there's a person that's listening and then you switch and the listener is actually taking notes and that helps stay in the cognitive so that we're not in a reactive place. And they really, what they did was they looked at couples that were um, together for a long time and really doing well, really happy, not just together a long time, but happy. <laughs> and they watched, what did they do? How did they communicate? And they took, I mean, they, it was fascinating. They had them in these apartments where they watched them basically and kept tons of notes. And, um, and it was really interesting. So they turned that into teaching about communication. And it really comes from the, you know, we have to do things like when we're communicating with people, if we are reactionary while we're communicating, that actually can shut down the other person's cognitive brain and and they can't even take in any new information that's why if you're in an argument with someone you just kind of go in in circles and you don't even know what you're talking about after a while so being able to communicate when you're both in a really calm space is really mm -hmm. important being able to state your needs using a lot of i statements um, because you statements can make you feel really reactionary so there's so much to say about that we should do a whole episode about that probably um, yeah. i just wanted to throw that in there yeah i love that i, th I think fundamentally it's about are, 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 am i able to express my needs and are they being acknowledged like yeah. if i if I'm, if I'm in communication or having a conversation or a heated discussion with someone if i feel like i'm not being heard and, and my needs aren't being acknowledged that then I just feel my my anger elevating you know so I think that's fundamental to be able to you know to be able to be able to um, to be able to address that and writing notes makes so much sense because then you know you're really being acknowledged and even if your needs not going to be met at least you know it's been heard and acknowledged that's what I think is so important yeah the validation piece being able to validate what somebody else is experiencing and validation does not mean we agree it means that we are actually just 
hearing what they're saying and we're believing that that is their experience and their emotion. I wanted to say something quick. Gosh, our time goes by fast, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Jill had said something that I thought was great about fear, about kind of going down the path of what's the worst case scenario. And I've heard that that can be helpful for a lot of people to go down to, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? Like, let me just go there. Would I, oh, that person wouldn't like me anymore. Is that the, is that going to be the worst case scenario? If I am actually meeting and, you know, meeting my needs and expressing and advocating for my needs and that person's not going to like me after that, well, that might not be the right person in my life. And, and to be conscious about, you know, who we are choosing to have in our life. And sometimes that, I mean, a lot of times when HSPs are in the process of growth work and empowerment work that we all do in the community, we often, you know, take steps up that ladder of growth and empowerment and the people in our lives might not do that with us. We can invite them to come up and join us on those steps, but we don't want to go back down to join them. So we're inviting them up to join us. And sometimes that creates a shedding process where we might realize that certain connections are not right for us in our life as we are doing our growth work and becoming, you know, more whole and a, and a person that can advocate for their needs, then things might change, but it also creates an opening and an opportunity to connect with people that are going to really love you for who you are. And, and that's what it comes down to, isn't it? It's just about, we really do want to be accepted and loved for who we are authentically and, and showing up authentically in our lives is part of how we do that. If we can show up as our real selves in the world, then we're, we're able to connect with people who are going to love and accept that, who we really are. Yeah. Wow. There's so much, so much there too. I really love all that. And I just, I just want to reflect. I think that piece you shared there is so important is when we're in that decision-making process, when there's that feeling, it's like, yes, I really want to do this, but I'm going to let that person down. If I do that, you know, if that, if that's holding us back, that really needs to be explored because if they're, if, if we're not willing to own who we are and potentially excel to what's possible for us, because people around us are not going to like that, we have to get really honest about that because mm -hmm. that is going to end up in a very unhappy place for us, for ourselves. Yes. And that might be a good time to, to listen to our podcast about boundaries <laughs> that we have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many great podcast episodes. We've covered so many wonderful things um, and you guys can go to HSP podcast to explore them all and get links to our, our bios and learn more about us and, and what we offer HSPs in the world. Willow, do you have anything that you want to share? Uh, just to say how wonderful it is again to be on these episodes and how wonderful it is to have all of your support when you join us live. And I know um, those of you listening right now, it, it means so much to us when you uh, send us messages about how, you, how the episodes are helping you. It's so, uh, it's so fulfilling for us and it really helps us to, you know, to, uh, to want to do more and to want to support you guys in any way that, that we can. And, and I know that both, you know, both you, Julie and I, we have some wonderful resources on our websites. If you need further support, if you're interested in becoming a coach as an HSP, that's something that I specialize in running a program that, that uh, will help you to specifically do that. Um, that's on highsensoryintelligence.com or in luminance.com. 
and very much looking forward to our next installment and always interested in suggestions as well if you guys would like to uh you know suggest areas that you'd like us to cover we're always keen for that too yes we have a, a post in our community where you can suggest things that we talk about um i think my brain training course could be great too if you're somebody that really struggles with decisions um, and you can find that on my website sensitiveconnection.com or juliebiellen.com. So yes, we have so many wonderful resources for you. We'd love to invite you to the Sensitive Empowerment Community. We're doing so many amazing things and have all these amazing groups that I come and see everything that we're doing. Um, it's a special place to be together and we'd love to have you. And I think, I think life is better when we're together. You guys agree? <laughs> that, that's your next t-shirt, Julie. That's my next t-shirt. Yes. Life yeah. is better when we're, when we're, when we're with HSPs. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love you guys. And thank you for being here with us live. It's, it was really special to be with you and see all your beautiful faces. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Willow. So fun talking with you. Next week, we're going to talk about conscious living and really about um, seeking wellness as HSPs and what that might look like. And it might look a little different than what you've been told. And uh, we're going to explore that a little bit. So it's going to be a fun episode too. Hope you guys can join us live. And we also show up uh, 15 minutes early before all of our live events together. Uh, and Willow and I have fun chatting with you guys casually before we record so if you think that would be fun come join us on the next one um, and we will see you all then hopefully see you in the community love to all of you just know that as sensitive people in the world you are needed and valuable we honor you and we love you and uh, i'm just so happy that you're in our lives take care everybody bye bye for now <laughs>